Hey everybody, what's going on? My name is Pastor Keon Henderson. I'm privileged to give leadership to the Lighthouse Church in Houston, Texas. And I know this is a different look than what you're accustomed to on our Tuesday evenings. But I thought we'd shake it up a little bit. And, and I really need your feedback. I need you to tell me uh, how you feel about this and what you think. But the Lord gave me a vision. And I know that Tackle the Text is wonderful. And all of the pastors and ministers that we've had uh, on our panels, and we're still going to do some of those things, um, phenomenally uh, have spoken life into you. Uh, but at this juncture, I thought, you know what? Let's go ahead and have some real, real in-depth look um, at Bible study and just a one-on-one with you and I. I'm here in my office, and maybe you're in your office at home, or maybe you are um, in the kitchen listening to me right now. But I thought, I really think that this is a season for us to really, really have some 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 personal time and conversations. I mean, just unhinged, unrelaxed, unscripted. And by unscripted, that doesn't mean I don't have notes. I've got my notes. I've got my Bible. I know exactly what I want to talk about. Uh, but I also want this to be an us journey. Uh, and so I want you to let us know what you think. I need you to comment. Tell me if you love it, if you like it, if you hate it. Um, also, we're taking comments and suggestions on topics that you want to cover. So let us know periodically as we do this. Also, uh, from time to time, I'll answer questions. We'll take questions live. So, um, man, it's like being in Bible study. Now, I want to tell you this uh, before we get started. Uh, this is our reaction and response to the pandemic because we know that a lot of people are starting to come back during the week but I understand that life has gotten busy and everything has shifted. And I didn't want anybody to think that just because they're not in church uh, at a midweek service uh, that uh, your salvation was up for question. I think that we can get it just like this. Uh, and if you love it, I like it. So let's get started. This is our first topic uh, in our one-on-one -on -one conversation. Um, and today I'm going to be talking about eliminating excuses. I want to talk about eliminating excuses because I think that this is the season for you to blow up, <clears throat> for you to scale, for you to do things that you've always dreamed about. I, I had a meeting the other day with a group of pastors, and they all said that their problem was the same, that people are saying that the world shifted and uh, they're having difficulty going back uh, to things as usual. I think this is the time for you to start a business. I, I really do. I think this is the time for you to go ahead and buy that home as the market shifts and becomes a buyer's market. I think this is the time, <clears throat> like I have, for you to start your own clothing line. I thought about doing this years ago, but this shift was the mother of necessity for me. I, I think this is the time for you to record your album. I think this is the time for you to show up for yourself and do all the things that you've always dreamed about. I'm, I'm tired of looking on the internet and seeing everybody else taking the steps to do what I know God put in my heart to do. And I, I hope that frustrates you. I, I hope today that I can shake up your life, make you put all of those excuses. As a matter of fact, you can go to your kitchen right now. I want you to get a trash bag. And during the next few moments as we talk, 
I want you to think about every excuse you've ever made. I want you to write it on a sheet of paper, and I want you to throw it in the trash. Now, some of you all may be able to get away with, you know, some of those grocery bags that you store and use them as trash bags at your house when you get them from the grocery store. Some of you have made so many excuses, you may need to go get a 33-gallon bag because you're going to fill up all of these excuses in that bag, and you're going to get rid of all of them because when we leave today, we will not have excuses. We will have execution. How about that? Today we're going to move from excuses to execution. Now, I do have a Bible verse that I want to share with you, and I'm not going to beat you over the head with the Bible today, but I believe that the Bible is the foundation for all truth. And I don't care if I'm talking to the world, and when I say the world, I'm not talking about secular. I'm talking about the world, continents, states, cities. If I'm talking to the world and God gives me that opportunity, then there has to be some underlining scripture that supports my ideology because the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So I've got about five scriptures I'm going to share with you. Um, I got my Bible. I hope you got yours. You ready? If you're ready, say go. Just type go in the chat. Type it on the wall. You ready? All right, let's go. I want you to look at Luke chapter 14, verse 15. Luke 14, verse 15. And this is what it says. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. And when one of them that sat at the table, heard these things, he said unto him, and him meaning Jesus, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said unto him, a certain man made a great supper and had many to come and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuses. (laughs) The first said unto him, I have brought a piece of ground and I need to see it. I pray you will have me excused. And another said, I brought five yoke of oxen and I have to go prove them. Can you excuse me? Then here's the last verse. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Three different men, three different excuses. You know, when I think about this, I think about how many things we should be doing that we are not doing because we're asking to be excused to do what we think we should be doing. And the thing that you should be doing is the thing that's in front of you now. And you should never look over your now to do your next. How can you be ready for your next if you haven't finished your now? I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's an honest question. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't think that's offensive. I think it's really relevant for us to ask ourselves, are we so influenced by TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, are we so influenced by what we see people doing that sometimes we skip over what we should be doing to try to hurry up and catch up with what we see somebody else doing? 
And you can never get to the next level if you don't solve this one. If you play video games, if you play Call of Duty, you can't get to level five if you don't beat level one. You, you've you've got you've to do it step by step. And here is one of the things that really, 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 really aggravates God is when we blame other situations and people for the thing that he gave us to do. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. If I was an old preacher, I would say, beloved, I want you to think about that. If me and you were out playing basketball or we were somewhere in eating chicken wings, I'd be like, homeboy, think about that. Homegirl, think about that. My brother, my sister, think about that. Think about what God gave you and think about how frustrated you are because you see what he gave somebody else. Now, I just want you to just think about that. That's the truth. I've been there. I've done it. And it is not a wise way of living to compare yourself to somebody's chapter five and you're just in chapter one. It's not fair. It's not fair for my nine-year-old daughter to look at me and say, Daddy, my car isn't the same size as yours. She's got a nine-year-old car. I've got a 40-year-old car. It's not the same. Hers has a a small battery in it that I can plug into the wall and charge it. Mine's, you got to go to the gas station. It's not because of who she is and, 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 or who she isn't or who I'm not. It's just the thing that works for our stage. She can't even get licensed to drive what I drive, even if she wanted to. And maybe that's the word right there, that sometimes you have to wait on your license to live at a certain place, to live in a certain level. You know, I know this for sure, that memory is the thing that bothers most of our destinies. Think about this. Every time you get ready to do something, what does your memory do to you? (laughs) Think about that. Every time you get ready to get in a relationship, what does your memory do to you? Every time you get ready to forgive your spouse, what does your memory do to you? Memory, memory makes you think about what they did, and memory keeps you from moving forward. I want to talk about memory for a second, and I know we love it because I don't want to lose my memory. I don't want, I don't want to have dementia. I, I don't want to have Alzheimer's. I don't, I don't want to be in the abyss just walking around not knowing. But, but memory serves its purpose in a place. I want you to think about how many steps your memory has caused you to overcome or overlook or underperform, every time you get ready to establish a relationship with a long-lost friend or uh, a confidant or a comrade that, that you fell out with, what did your memory do to that process? You see, when your memory comes into play, subconsciously it causes you to make excuses. And I want you to write down your first note for the day. Are you ready? Excuses are unhealthy for your goals. Hear me when I tell you. Hear me when I tell you that excuses are unhealthy for your goals. Write this down. Excuses have only one job. And the job of an excuse is to prevent you from learning anything new. 
Now, y'all going to have to tell me, because, see, I'm liking this already. I'm liking this already. I already feel like I'm in your living room. I already feel like I'm in your car. I'm at your front door. Look at me. Listen, I just rung your ring. I just rung your nest. I just rung your doorbell. Excuses are unhealthy for your goals. And they are designed to do one thing. Prevent you from learning anything new. All right, you don't believe me. Let's go to Genesis. Are y'all liking this? All right, just let me know because I only want to help you reach your destiny. And I feel like we can do it on this level. feel like we can do it on this level. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse number 11. Now, if you read this story, this is the story right after creation. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Eve has just bit the fruit. God and Adam just had a falling out. And this is what happens after he's confronted. Chapter 3, verse 11, he says, God says this to Adam, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of that tree that I commanded you not to eat of? Adam said, listen to this, listen to this excuse. It's the woman you gave me. <laughs> he said, it's, it's the woman, in the King James Version of the Bible says, the woman whom thou uh, gavest to me, she gave me the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is that that you've done? And the woman said, listen to her excuse, the serpent gave it to me. Listen to all these excuses. God tells Adam and Eve, don't eat of the tree. That's the command. The goal is not to eat of the tree. The snake comes in, he's got a different goal. And let me tell you something. There's always a snake in your life that has a different goal than you. Sometimes it's the boss. Sometimes it's the friend. Sometimes it's the person who came in your life that early on you looked at them and thought that they want to help you reach your destiny. All snakes got old skin, and it has to shed. And when it sheds, you will recognize that you have, as this Bible says, been beguiled, fooled, hoodwinked, tricked. They got you. I've been got. You've been got. We've all been there. And so he comes in, and all of a sudden, the, 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 the snake has an excuse. Adam has an excuse. It's the woman you gave me. Eve has an excuse. It was the snake. And when you're making excuses, it keeps you from learning anything new. It's impossible. It's impossible to have negative emotions without blaming someone else for it. Anytime you got a negative emotion, you're going to find somebody to blame. It was my teacher. It was the economy. It was the date. It was the season. It was the weather. It was because I was or because I wasn't. You fill in the blank. But when you're making excuses, you will always have something else to blame for it. And today we want to eliminate excuses. You want to eliminate excuses. Now listen to this. The way you eliminate excuses, because this is what I get a lot of times when people watch the clips online or, or, or they hear a small portion of it. And that's why I like this form, because you'll get a chance to hear my steps. 
as opposed to in a forum, you got to listen uh, to this message and you hear a clip and then you say, what sermon is that in? Well, then tell us how to do it. And I always tell you how, but sometimes you have to listen to it. And this way I can break it down. Here is the first way you eliminate excuses. I'm going to give you a strategy, but you got to hear me and you got to listen to me. This stuff works. Are you ready? If you're going to eliminate your excuses, you have to first know what you believe. If you know what you believe, then you can tell the excuse to be quiet. When you don't know what you believe, you actually believe the excuse. See, Adam didn't really believe what God said, which is why he was able to say that the reason he was in the predicament he was in was because of Eve. No, you're in the predicament you're in because you didn't believe me when I initially told you that you should not eat of this tree. Had you believed that, then you would have been able to tell Eve what you believed. But because you didn't know what you believed, you took an unqualified offer because you didn't know your worth prior to the offer. When you know what you're worth, you know what to accept. When you know what you're worth, you know what to ignore. And most offers, listen to me, most offers that will take you off the track of destiny will come when you need validation. When you need validation about who you are and what your gift is and, and that you're worth the million-dollar idea, that's when the snake comes. And when you don't believe what God told you about your destiny, you will accept an unqualified offer in the middle of your destiny. And you will spend 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 months off of destiny because you got an offer when you were thirsty. That's why when Jesus was on the cross and they offered him excuses to come down or when he was in the wilderness and they offered him bread and water and jumping off a cliff because he knew what he believed. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, because he knew that he came to seek and save that which was lost. He did not accept a partial offer in excuse or in exchange for his whole destiny. That, that The Lord just gave me that. Many of you are suffering right now because you've accepted partial offers in exchange for your full destiny. And a partial offer will never give you the ability to feed your family on the way you want to feed them. Hear me when I tell you. A partial offer will never put you in a position to buy that dream car. It'll never put you in a position to have that 401k or that 403b or that Roth IRA or that investment portfolio that you want. You'll never be diversified because your partial offer, your excuse for not being still, it will never give you the keys to your full destiny. Is this helping you? Because I feel like I'm helping me right now. I, I, I literally feel like this is a forum where we can actually break strongholds together. And I can sit here with you. And not be distracted by people walking in the sanctuary and sounds and actually hear from heaven and give you cues and clues on how to walk into your destiny. Everybody just type, I'm eliminating my excuses. If you're writing notes right now, right here under this next thing, just write, 
eliminating excuses. I want to tell you something else. This is the next way you eliminate excuses. You have to understand in your mind that there is no such thing as failure, only feedback. You have to excuse me because I just... I just, I, did I just help me? No failure. Just feedback. Because I know for sure in him there is no failure. Well, how can I say there's no failure? But feedback, Reverend, you don't know I failed at, no. In him there is no failure. Well, where am I? It is in him that I live, move, and have my being. So if I'm in him and there is no failure in him, then there can be no failure around me. I don't fail. I get feedback. Failure is the ability to begin again with increased intelligence. I get to start over knowing who I shouldn't trust. I get to start over knowing what I shouldn't say. I get to start over knowing that if I go to this interview, I got to dress differently because I know what happened last time. I get to, if I, if I, if I get a divorce, then I, I now can understand uh, these are the issues that I brought to the table and I'm not compatible with that. If I made a mistake with the first child, I know what to do if God gives me the opportunity to have another one. There's no failure, just feedback. And you got to stop being so hard on yourself. And understand that you are the victim of the snake that crawled into your garden and made you an offer when you were hungry. That's why you have to be careful how you advertise your appetite. You have to be careful who you tell, what you want, when you want it, and how you want it. Because a snake will write down the recipe to your appetite and bring you a meal that you cannot refuse when you're looking for something to eat. Be very careful who you tell you're hungry to. Is this helping you? I want you to go to Proverbs 22. And I I love, 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 love having these pages in my fingers. I know know it's it's a new season, and I know that, uh, you know, we got these iPads and all that kind of stuff, and I got an app right now that I could go on this iPad and go right to it, but it ain't nothing. Sometimes you need to go to this Bible so you can remember what those books are (laughs) so that you ain't, over in Genesis looking for Psalm. You know, you got you to gotta just come in here and just play with it a little bit. Don't throw all your Bibles away. Just, just keep one you can put your hand on. Let's go to Proverbs 22. Let's go to Proverbs 22. Something about the sound of these pages, too. All right, Proverbs 22, verse number 13. The slothful man says, there is a lion out there 
And if I go out there in the streets, I will be killed. Now, that, that's an excuse because how does he know what's outside? I mean, and that's, that's really what's keeping you from reaching your destiny is that you are subconsciously telling yourself there is something big out there and if I go out there, it's going to get me. Or if I go out there, I won't get it. There's a big mean world. There's something big out there that has teeth and a grip. And if I go out there, it's going to consume me. There is nothing wrong with the lion being outside if you got Daniel's anointing. I don't care that there are lions out there because I make lions lay down like lambs. And if there is a lion out there and I'm a child of God, and Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, which means he's the king of all lions. All I got to do is tell my lion about the lions that are lying on me. And my lion takes care of the liar. My lion takes care of the lion. Concentration is an accumulation of small choices consistently practice. This is the third way you eliminate excuses. By concentrating. A lot of people think, but they don't concentrate. Have you ever been mad at somebody and you went into deep thought? But if you're honest, your thoughts are all over the place. He said this. She said that. I didn't like how they did that. I didn't like how they did that. Oh, I'm going to say this in response to that. And your mind is creating this scattered approach, which is why the argument is always frustrating because you can't think, they can't think, and everybody's throwing stuff at each other. And before you know it, you're arguing about last month today. Where if you would just steal yourself and concentrate, you would recognize that all wars don't have spoils. In other words, there are some wars that have no reward. And any war that doesn't have a reward is not worth fighting. You have to concentrate. Many of you are watching me right now, and this is our first time together, and I hope you like it, and I'll keep doing it if you do. But you're, 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 your phone is sitting on the counter, and you're cooking. Or, or you got the ear pots in, and... And, and you're walking around. And I, I understand multitasking. I do it. But this is one of my practices. This is one of my practices. I know some people listen to podcasts and stuff while they're driving. And that is a good practice. I try to never listen to a podcast or self-help while I'm driving. I used to do it. But I stopped doing it. Let me tell you why. Because I cannot take notes. So I make specific, special time like you're making with me right now. So that way, anything that resonates with my spirit, I can take notes on it and write it down and hide it in my heart so it can be a lamp and a light. That's called concentration. Sometimes multitasking is the enemy of your progress. Which brings me to what I like to call mind conflict. And that is when you spend too much time thinking and not enough time concentrating. Have you ever had um, a juice 
and, and it comes frozen and it, and, it, and you put it in the water and it melts. Welchers makes it. It's called concentrate. You can put a whole lot of water and a little bit of concentrate in the water and then you've got something that you can drink. Do you know how potent you would be if you concentrate it? Do you know how much further you could go if you would just concentrate? Concentrate yourself. That means take all of your potency, all of your thought, your energy, your vibes, your knowledge. Center yourself. Concentrate yourself so that you can be powerful and not watered down. Take control of your inner voice. And don't let your inner voice take control of you. When the woman with the issue of blood got ready to be healed, she had to take control of her inner voice. Her inner voice says, oh, the doctors have let you down. Her inner voice said, ah, you're filthy and you can't be in public. But she overrode the inner voice and she told herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made. Listen, you have to learn how to practice inner peace. It doesn't just happen. You got to learn to steady yourself, concentrate, inner peace. Write this down. If you don't give it attention, then there be, will be no retention. Retention means to remember. So the reason why you remember things is because you pay too much attention to it. If you pay it no attention, then you will have no retention. Anything that bothers you consistently is because you pay too much attention to it. And that leads me to the biggest statement that I am going to make tonight in our first Bible study together. Are you ready? Negative thoughts unchecked go from cobwebs to cables. Have you ever walked through a, a spider web? It's just, it's just, it's a little irritating, but you can eventually wipe it off. Try to walk through a chain. Try to walk through a cable, it will take your head off. And if you continue to have these unchecked excuses, then they're going to go from the strength of something you can walk through to something that will go through you if you walk through it. Don't allow what could be a cobweb to turn into a cable. I need you to focus. I need you to concentrate. I need you to stop blaming other people. I need you to have feelings, but stop taking directions from them. My brothers and sisters, in our first Bible study, I think we just found out that we're a lot more powerful than we think. Don't take the wrong offer when you're hungry. Focus on your goals and don't make excuses. Remember, excuses have only one job, and that's to keep you from learning anything new. 
today, we're eliminating excuses. God, in the name of Jesus, my brother and my sister, they're out there looking at me right now. They don't know what to do. While they're trying to figure out what to do next, we're going to do the thing that we can do now, and that's to throw away our excuses. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope you have a bag full of excuses right now. I hope you do. I hope you wrote down all of those excuses and you threw them in the bag. Listen, I want to give you an opportunity to give. I want to give you an opportunity to give. They're going to put on the screen all the ways you can do that right now. Whenever you hear a word, you have to plant a seed. I know, I know the world will tell you, ah, man, giving ain't all of that. But let me tell you, there's one thing I know for sure. That as long as the earth shall remain, seed time and harvest time will never fail. I am a giver. And I used to feel bad about, as they used to, as they call it, raising money. I don't raise money anymore. I just give people an opportunity to be blessed. My whole life is built off of the seed. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to give. You're going to text it. You're going to give it online. However you do it. And I'm going to pray right now over that seed that God would use it. And as you do this, I want you to plant it in the elimination of excuses. When you get it, I want you to hold it up and say, God, I'm eliminating excuses. In fact, you're going to use your phone, whatever you're going to use, I'm eliminating excuses. Are you ready? Say it like you mean it. On the count of three, I'm eliminating excuses. One, two, three. I'm eliminating excuses. Say it again. I'm eliminating excuses. One time for the Father, Son, last for the Holy Ghost. I'm eliminating excuses. I'll see you next week with no excuses.